Welcome to the Connecting Place podcast. Here is Pastor Joe Caminetti. Welcome to Bulletproof, armed for the crosshairs of life. I'm really excited about starting this series this weekend, and I know we're going to have an incredible time. And I want to begin by making this statement. There's no such thing as a civilian Christian. In America, we have civilians and we have soldiers. Today, we're celebrating Veterans Day. And again, veterans, thank you so much for serving uh, this nation. We really, really appreciate it. And so for me, I'm a civilian. Most of us in this room, we're currently civilians. And uh, we get to go to bed tonight, put our heads on the pillow and not worry about any bombs falling on our house. Or when we go out tomorrow, when we go out about, uh, we don't have to worry about bullets flying over our heads or coming into us. We're civilians. But as a nation, we have these soldiers. They train. They prepare. uh, They're sent into battle. And it's just remarkable what they do for our nation. But we have that separation, soldier, soldier, civilian. God chose not to separate it. He made every Christian a soldier. Now, not every Christian is in full-time ministry like I am, but every Christian is a soldier. And the reason every Christian has been made a soldier is because every Christian has an enemy. (laughs) And that enemy is shooting at you. And God wants to enable you to become bulletproof. So I have the pleasure today of teaching one of my most favorite texts in all the Bible. And the reason it's one of my most favorite texts in all the Bible, I probably have taught it more than any text in the Bible. I taught it in Bible schools all over uh, different nations and uh, taught it here several times. I haven't taught it for about 12 to 13 years here at Believers, so I'm excited to bring it back, and uh, I'm going to, I believe, do the best job that I've ever done teaching this particular series. So I want to open up with the great text, Ephesians chapter 6, and just follow along with me. Let's see what God has to say in the Bible. Verse 10, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. Why? so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. He plans and he makes uh, different schemes against you where he wants to attack you. Ver- verse 12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood or people, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Translated, the unseen enemy, the devil, and all his leadership and his helpers. Verse 13 Therefore, because we have an unseen enemy, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the helmet of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish, I love this part, all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. I mean, this is a military verse. And in this section of Scripture, God is saying, We have an enemy but I have a solution. The solution's my armor. And when you and I put God's armor on, the devil isn't facing us, he's facing God. And we'll bring that out over and over as we teach this series. 
there are seven pieces of armor. And I remember the first time I taught this, first couple times, I talked about just six of them. Uh, but, you know, over time, I heard, I heard another guy do some great teaching on this subject. And over time, I, I, I decided we need to teach all seven because in the Bible, the number six is the number for man. And it, it always refers to that which isn't complete. But the number seven is the number for perfection. It's the number for God. And God gave us seven pieces of armor so we can overcome. So here's the seven pieces we'll be talking about. And they go like this. Number one is the belt. The Bible calls it truth. We'll show you how to put it on. It is the most important piece of armor. Number two is our shoes. The Bible says that it's made from the gospel. We'll show you how to put these babies on. Number three is the breastplate. It's made from righteousness. Show you how to put it on. Show you how to use it. Number four is our helmet. It's called salvation, and this is a spectacular piece of armor. We'll have some fun talking about it. Number five is the shield. It's made of a substance called faith, and this shield has the ability to quench every fiery dart. That's, how many can agree that's a pretty good percentage, everyone? And then number six is the sword. It's the spoken word of God coming out of our, out of our mouth, and we'll talk about that. And number seven, I like to call it the lance of prayer. We could also call it God bombs. Uh, because you, you and I, when we pray, we're throwing God bombs on the enemy and on his strongholds. And it's absolutely incredible what you and I are able to do. Now, here's the problem that I see with most Christians. Most Christians don't understand that they have to do something in order to overcome. It just doesn't come naturally. You have to do something. That's why our text says, put on the armor of God so that you'll be able to stand. There's something we have to do. And so I want to make sure we, we deal with this problem and actually answer and give you a solution for it today. So, so listen to this. Those that aren't Christians don't realize an enemy exists. So if you're here and you're not a Christian, you're listening, you're not a Christian, most non-Christians don't understand there's an invisible enemy. So they're in big trouble already. And I like this quote, Satan's greatest trick was convincing the world he doesn't exist. This is Father Kovac in the movie end of days. And, and I, when I heard this quote, I thought, what an incredible quote, because that's what he's out to do to make people think he doesn't exist. But then listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. And don't believe means people that don't believe in Christ. Their minds have been blinded. And one of the ways he blinds our minds is the fact he's not there uh, he's not out to get us. But whether you're a Christian or not, the enemy hates you. And he wants to take you out because he doesn't want you to meet Jesus and go to heaven. So he's out to take everybody out, Christians and non-Christians. My goal isn't to scare any of us. My goal is to make us realize, hey, we're not just a civilian. We're a soldier. And soldiers have to prepare for battle. And God's equipped you with some incredible weaponry. So notice, notice this. Christians can think one of three wrong ways. And I've noticed this with Christians. Number one, the enemy is defeated and he can't hurt us. Now part of this statement's true. He is defeated, but he can hurt us if we don't put on our armor. We, we cannot quench fiery darts if our shield isn't up. They hit us instead of the shield. So yeah, he's defeated, but he can hurt us if we're not prepared. Here's the second type of wrong thinking. The enemy isn't defeated, and we can't stop him. And that's not true. He is defeated, and you and I can stop him every 
single time. And we see that in the text that we're going to be looking at. Here's one that's really important, the third one. God is sovereign. Whatever he wants will happen, and we can't stop or change anything. Now, I want you to know up front, I believe in the sovereignty of God. I'm, I'm really big on the sovereignty of God. And for some of you that are new, you may not even know what that means, but I want to make it really simple. Here's what the sovereignty of God is. God's God. He can do whatever he wants whenever he wants, and it's up to him. That's the sovereignty of God. And I believe in it. He is God. I'm not God. He's God. He does whatever he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants. But, but here's what we have to also understand. Not only is God sovereign, God is truthful. God is true to his word. What God says, he never goes back on. And in the day and age in which you and I live, God set up some rules. We call Christianity, this day you're living in, we call it the new covenant. God's made a covenant with man through Jesus Christ. So we call it the new covenant. And in the covenant, God has declared a set of rules. And here's the rules. I defeated the enemy. We'll show you how he did. And the rules are you put your armor on and you can take them every single time. And you and I don't have to get this mentality, well, maybe God wanted this to happen to me. Well, God told us the enemy's going to attack, but he also told us we can win. And that's what this is all about. You and I get to win. And I don't know if that's exciting to you, but that's really exciting to me. Remember in Rambo 2, Rambo looked at the colonel, and the colonel wanted them to go in and take some pictures, you know, of, of some of the, uh, uh, the camps in Vietnam that they felt they still had some of our prisoners of war. And Rambo looked at him and said, do we get to win this time? And uh, it was just a cool moment in the movie. And you know what? We get to win. God set it up so we can win. But we, we will fight. There is going to be a fight. So I don't want you to walk out of here today thinking if you put your armor on, there's no battle. There, there is a battle. The idea is you come out alive. The idea is you win. The idea is you, you overcome. And that's what the armor of God's all about. You know how every week I say, I want you to walk out this week never forgetting this particular truth and I have one for you this week guys and I want you to walk out I want you to remember this for the rest of your life and it goes like this you're in the enemy's crosshairs but you can become bulletproof and it's important to know we're in his crosshairs now I have a cool story for you I'm going to share two stories on this guy his name's Carlos Hathcock II he is the most uh, celebrated uh, marine sniper that, that this country had. He was incredible. He had 93 confirmed kills. And he operated during the Vietnam era. And uh, he was so good that the enemy wanted to take him out. And they wanted to do anything they could to take him out. They called him White Feather because he had a white feather that he wore in his field hat. And, he, and so they knew this, he's the guy with the white feather. So they decided we got to get rid of him. And they put a $30,000 bounty on his head. Now, back in the Vietnam days, back in Asia at that time, that would have been enough for them to live for the rest of their life and never work again, $30,000. That would have been a lot of money back then in the United States of America. So here's what happened. Viet Cong snipers and Viet Cong wannabe snipers, they were going all through that jungle trying to find white feather. And not only that, snipers came from China, snipers came from Japan, from Korea. They all got in because that 30,000 made the best snipers want to come and they wanted to take this guy's head. So one day one of the enemy snipers is, 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 is in the jungle 
and he thinks that he sees something, so he gets in, in a scope, and he looks, and he's pretty sure it's a white feather. So he begins to settle down, and he wants to get a shot. Well, while all that's happening, Carlos, when he's looking, he sees a reflection of the sun off of his scope. He immediately falls to the ground, immediately takes out his gun, immediately aims where he saw the flash, and he shoots. He's not sure if he got him or not, but then he crawls about 1,000 yards. That's 10 football fields, you know. He crawls around sideways. He gets to where he thinks that guy was, and he sees the enemy sniper laying on his face. He turns him over, and his bullet went right through his right eye, which is an incredible shot, especially because he was guessing. And so get a hold of this. He picks up the enemy sniper's gun, and his bullet went through the sniper's scope right into the sniper's eye. And at that moment, Carlos realized something. Do you know what he realized? I was in his crosshairs, and if I didn't, if I didn't react quick enough, I would have been the one that was dead. And I share that story because I want you to react quickly, and I want you to react strongly to what we talk about today and over the next six weeks. I want you to be like Carlos, and I want you to say, you know what? I'm going to get myself ready, and I'm going to prepare myself because the enemy has me in his crosshairs, but we can become bulletproof. I want to stop just for a moment. Are you excited you can become bulletproof? I don't know about you, but if I knew there was a sniper out to get me, I wouldn't only purchase a bulletproof vest. I would get Kevlar jackets to cover my sleeves. I'd get a bulletproof helmet. I'd have uh, bulletproof pants. And, uh, you know, they, they make Kevlar pants. And I'd have everything bulletproof. If I went outside, I would be in a bulletproof bubble because I'm figuring that sniper somewhere with, and, and I'm getting, he's going to have me in his crosshairs. And if I can be bulletproof, why not be bulletproof? And, and I want you to realize the devil's out there sniping for us. We're in his crosshairs. But man, don't be dismayed. We can become bulletproof. And that's the whole idea of this text. So here's three things every Christian must understand. Number one, the enemy's present condition. This is really important that we understand it. Number two, the enemy's intention. That's really important. It will tell us a lot about our enemy. And number three, the enemy's limitation and he has some incredibly weak limitations that we want to talk about but we have to understand all three of these so let's talk a little bit about his present condition and here's the first thing i thought all of us would enjoy people that don't know jesus as savior are under the enemy's grasp or control we once were there if we're christian but we're not there any longer if you're not a christian i just want you to see what the bible uh says about the enemy and where he has you in his grasp. So listen to Acts 26, verse 17 and 18. And I will rescue you. Uh, by the way, this is Jesus speaking to Paul. He says, I will rescue you from both your own people, the Jews, and the Gentiles. That's the, the non-Christians who aren't Jewish. Yes, I'm sending you to the non-Christians to open their eyes so they may turn from darkness, spiritual darkness, to light and from the power of Satan to God then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. So when you put faith in Jesus, you come out of spiritual darkness to light. But notice, notice what else happens. You come out from under the power of the enemy and you come under the power of God. And that's important for us to understand. Now the word power is an important word. This Greek word is the Greek word exousia. And here's what it means. Authority jurisdiction, 
influence. And so before I met Jesus, before you met Jesus and accepted him as Savior, we were under the devil's control. We were under his jurisdiction. We were under his authority. We were under his influence. And as we saw already, he can blind our eyes to where we don't even realize that he exists. And so my goal as Pastor Joe, and this is the goal of our church, we want to bring as many people into the kingdom as we can. And what we're going to do is what Paul did. We're going to help turn them to the light, and we're going to help bring them out from under the power of the enemy to the power of God. So you and I are no longer under his authority. So I'm really excited about that. The devil does not have authority over Christians. And that's important for us to understand. Take a look at this. Jesus took away the enemy's authority over humanity. And I love this scripture, Colossians 2.15, Message Bible. He stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority at the cross and marched them naked through the streets. Can you believe that's in the Bible? Now, in Bible days, this was a custom that they did. Uh, if enemy kingdoms were fighting, the kingdom that won would take the enemy king, he would take the top officials in that country, they'd, they'd strip them down to their skivvies and sometimes further, and then uh, they'd chain them up and they'd walk with their horses and they'd walk these defeated king and his, his, his leaders, they'd walk them all through their kingdom, the, the, the defeated king's kingdom, and everybody in the kingdom would see he was defeated, and of course their hearts would fail. And then they would go into the, the winning king's kingdom, and they'd march through the countryside heading for the king's castle, and everybody's cheering, and everybody's going crazy. Then they come into the castle, and all the dignitaries and all the important people of that kingdom, they're screaming, they're shouting, and in shame, this enemy is being dragged into the kingdom. Now, listen very carefully. When Jesus went to the cross, he defeated the devil, and he literally paraded him through the heavenlies, through the earth atmosphere where all the unseen angels and demons are, and he even took them into hell, and he, he brought them all around. And he wanted everybody in the devil's team to know that guy's defeated. And that sham authority that he stole from Adam and Eve, he no longer has it. So you and I have to understand that this guy has had his authority taken away from him. So that being said, listen, listen to some of these truths. Five enemy facts. Jesus did not take away the enemy's ability to hurt us. He took away his authority to hurt us. That's important as Christians. His flaming arrows hurt if you don't put your shield up. They really hurt bad, and there's a bunch of people in here that could say amen and yes to that. Uh, listen to this. In, in our own strength, we're not, stronger, we're not stronger than our enemy. And the next one, in our own strength, we can't stop the weapons of our enemy. So if we don't put the armor on, he'll whoop us every single time. Even though he's defeated, Jesus took his authority away, but in order for us to beat him, we have to put our armor on and we have to resist him and we have to take authority over him. Listen to these two positive sentences. Clothed with God's armor and using our authority, we are stronger than our enemy. And I love this one. Clothed with God's armor and using our authority, we can overcome and defeat our enemy. And here's my goal as pastor of Believers Church. I want to raise you up to be Christian soldiers. I want to raise you up to be ready for battle that no matter what the enemy throws at you, 
You have a weapon ready to swing and knock his head off and cause him to run. And that is the heart of God for every Christian, that we be raised up to that point of strength. Some of you might be sitting here saying, I don't think I can ever do that. And I want to say to you that you can. And we're going to talk about different kind of battles because uh, I have a lesson where I'm just going to talk. Do you know some battles can't be won? They can only be endured. But they're supposed to be endured. And we'll talk about those kind of battles. We're going to have a great time. But let's talk about his intentions now. He wants to destroy whoever isn't clothed with God's armor and authority. And listen to this, 1 Peter 5.8. Be sober, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. So you've got an enemy out there that really wants to take you down. He wants to take you out. And I don't want to be negative today. I want you to walk out of here excited. I don't want you to go to bed tonight afraid. I don't want you to walk out of here with your heads down. But there are times when we have to say there is an enemy out there. When our soldiers go through basic training, they're made aware there's an enemy. But then they're also made aware, man, you can take the enemy down. And we have the equipment. We have the weapons for you to take him down. So notice the word adversary. It's an interesting word. The the Greek word is antitikos. And here's what it means to be opposed to righteousness, to be opposed to anything that is good. So even if you're not a Christian, if you're good, and there are a lot of good people that aren't Christians, the devil's your adversary. He's out to take you down. Now, Greek scholars say this, and I love this little part. This is the only reason I'm sharing this definition. Greek scholars tell us that this word paints the picture of someone that has a mental condition who is on the edge of insanity and very hostile. Thus, it paints the picture of the devil being consumed with destroying anything connected to righteousness. Let's get a hold of this. He is inflamed. He is infused with hatred and anger. That's what adversary means. And and his eyes are just full of anger. And his goal? i got to take these good people out. Anything that's good, anything that's righteous, he doesn't like and so that is being said for this reason you're in the enemy's crosshairs but you can become bulletproof and i'll tell you as a pastor i may have said this once i'm going to say it again sometimes as a church i feel like we're the red cross which we need to be but i'm i'm so grieved sometimes because i see so many christians get beat up that don't have to be beat up i see them with bullet holes that they don't have to have And so I want to continue to be the Red Cross to anybody that needs it. But I also want to be a victory station here where you and I come in and we celebrate because you had your armor on and you can tell the story. Hey, I had quite a battle, but I came out on the other side because I used my sword, I used my shield, etc. Let's talk about his intentions one more time here. He wants to steal and take everything he can from you. Jesus said this, John 10.10, The thief comes only to steal kill and destroy i jesus have come that they may have life and have it to the full how many of us are thankful for jesus i mean can you see the difference there that's it's pretty different now the enemy's goal is to steal anything he can from you your joy your peace your relationships your finances he just wants to steal he wants to kill if he can he wants to destroy and wreck your life and here's jesus he says you know what i came to do i came to give you life and give it to you at the fullest and all we have to do is say, you know what? I've got God's armor. I can, put that, I can put that baby on. And if I put it on, the devil isn't facing me. He's facing 
the power of God. And he cannot beat God. The devil can't beat God ever, never, never. He cannot overcome God. So that being said, let's take a moment. Let's finish up with the enemy's limitation. You ready? He can handle Christians who know their authority and have their God armor on. And I want to just reread a couple scriptures from our text. You ready? Ephesians 6.10. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on all of God's armor. Why? So that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. So the picture that's painted here is if I don't put it on, I can't stand firm. But if I put it on, I can stand firm against any attack he wages towards me. And then verse 12 talks about we're fighting not flesh and blood, but the enemy. And verse 13 says this, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle you will stand or you will still be standing firm. And here's my prayer. Here's my desire for everybody that calls this place home. No matter what storm comes when it's over, you're standing there with a smile on your face saying, Devil, you broke some teeth on me and the next time you come, I'm going to slap you silly because I'm not afraid of you and I am clothed with the very power and the very life of God. I want to raise up a group of people who have what we call the shout of the king in them. And they're just, they're just saying, you know what? I know you've got some, some weapons, but you can't touch what I've got. I've got the armor, the power of God. We can go nuclear on you, devil. So don't mess with us. We have some stuff that you can't handle. And, and, and I want to end with this story. This is another Carlos Halfcock second story. It's a cool story. My favorite story uh, of him. And here's what it's all about. I want you to remember this as I share it. It's about tenacity. Are you ready to become tenacious about putting God's armor on? It's not that, it's not that difficult. It's really a decision in your mind. So, so listen to this story. There was this Viet Cong uh, general, and he was so good at his job that, that he was causing us to lose different battles. And, and so uh, our generals wanted to take him out. But he was in this compound that it was so far away, uh, if you didn't get inside of it, the snipers couldn't take a shot at him. Nobody could get at him. So they decided, well, let's try to get a sniper inside. So they asked for volunteers, and Carlos volunteered. He looked at, the, he looked at what they wanted, and here, here's what he said. I, I love this guy. He said, nobody else can do this but me. I'll take it. And he knew what he was getting into. He knew he might lose his life. He knew he might never come back. But here's the deal. He decided he had to take the shot at 800 yards. So in order to get within 800 yards of this general, when he came out of his tent in the morning, in order to get within 800 yards, he had to travel 1,500 yards within the enemy's camp. And so they, they airdropped him in, and he had his camouflage on. And you know, if you've ever seen this in some of the movies, they put the live foliage all through the camouflage. He, listen, he had to get to their fence, get through their fence, and he had to crawl 1,500 yards to get to 800 yards to take a shot. It took him four days and three nights to crawl 1,500 yards. He did an inch or two at a time. And here's why it took so long. There were enemy patrols walking all through the gra this, this grass. And I just want you to ma imagine a jungle floor with, with the grass and everything. That's what he's blending into with his camouflage. They're patrolling, going up and down and around. They have snipers posted looking with their scopes to make sure no enemies get within their gates. And so he gets in there. He lays on his belly. Get a hold of this. Four days, three nights, 
inch at a time. He couldn't eat for four days, three nights. He had a canteen and he would take a cap full of water just occasionally so he could stay alive during that time. He said this, Carlos, he said he had so many ant bites and bug bites, he couldn't scratch his bites. He said at one point he felt like the ants were going to carry him away like they carry crumbs from a picnic. And uh, he said his elbows, his knees, his belly, they, they were so blistered. He was in so much pain. There were times when the enemies walked within inches of him. He had to hold his breath once for almost three minutes because an enemy stopped to have a cigarette and was just standing there, and he could not allow the enemy to know. He's right at his feet. He said at one time a, a, uh, a, a viper came, uh, a bamboo viper. They're very poisonous, and it came within a couple feet of him. And uh, he's just laying there as still as he can be. And all he's doing is praying. He was a Christian man. And he's praying, saying, God, change this guy's directions. Because if he bites me, not only is this over, I'm going to die. And, uh, and the viper was distracted and went another direction. So he gets within 1,000 yards. And the general comes out one morning. He could take the shot. But he knew he, he wanted to be 100% sure, and he wanted to do it at 800 yards. And he said he had this battle in his mind. And in his mind, he's fighting, and he's thinking, should I take the shot now? Shouldn't I take the shot now? And, and, and he won the battle, and he said, you know what? I'm going I'm to crawl another day, an inch at a time, and I'm going to get within 800 yards. So a day later, he's within 800 yards. The general comes out in the morning. He puts him in his scope. He takes the shot. He takes the general out. The general's dead. But the place goes crazy. People are running all over. The snipers are looking everywhere, and they can't find him. And you know what he had to do? This, this is what blows my mind more than anything. It took him four days to crawl backwards inch by inch to get out. But he lived. He lived. And I think of the determination that that guy had, and, and, and none of us have to, aren't you glad we, we don't have to go to that extent? I mean, that's crazy. And, and yet, can we make a decision and can we make a commitment to God today that, hey, we're going to put our armor on and we're going to make a decision to put that armor on. And for some of you, uh, you know, you may not be able to make church the next five weeks as I teach uh, on these seven pieces. You might have a weekend where you miss. Get online. Get a hold of uh, our CD. Look at our, our, one of our apps and watch it. But if you can come, don't let the enemy trick you into not coming. Think about Carlos. If he could crawl on his belly for four days and three nights, take that shot and crawl back out just drinking capfuls of water, how many of us can put the armor of God on? If, if you're here and you say, I can put it on, can we just have a shout? How about a hoorah? Come on, military style. There we go. We can do it, man. And we can become bulletproof. So that being said, let's close our eyes. Let's look up to heaven. Father, I thank you for every precious person in this place. They're all so precious. And Father, as we look up to heaven, uh, many of us have our armor on. I've got so many bulletproof people in this room. Thank you for them. But even us that are bulletproof, we can keep improving. We can, we can make it thicker. We can make it stronger. And so, Father, we make a commitment, not only the ones that don't have the armor on, but all of us. We make a commitment, Lord, that we're going to go through the training to become a Christian soldier because we're not just civilians. We're going to go through that training and we're going to learn how to quench fiery darts. We're going to learn how to swing our sword and get the enemy out of our space. And I thank you for every person in this room. And would you, from your heart, with your mouth, 
Just make the commitment, whatever way you have to make it, just make it. You might say, Lord, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing or because uh, I'm already doing it. Or maybe you're here and you say, man, I'm going to begin to do that. I'm going to become serious about this. Would you give you God a minute, 30 seconds, just to... You're so good, Lord. Now, some of you, we're still in that attitude of prayer. You're in the middle of a battle, and you're thinking, man, I am so beaten down. Can it ever turn around? And I want to say to you that you can armor yourself. You can become bulletproof right in the middle of a battle. That's how cool God is. And I want to tell you there's hope. I want to tell you there's light. I want to tell you there's victory. And I want to tell you that no matter where you're at, God created you to win. And I'm going to help you become armored so you can win. I'm going to help you become bulletproof so you can win. And I want, I want to just speak a word of confidence to you and affirmation that no matter where you're at, it can all turn around because God created you to be bulletproof. Let's just stay in this attitude of prayer. Commune with God for a moment more. But can we bow our heads now, close our eyes if we haven't already done that? Maybe you're in this room and you're not sure of your eternity. I want to speak to you if you're here and you're not sure of your eternity. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to God unless they come through me, Jesus. He's so cool. He gave his life so you can live. When he died on that cross, he died for the sins of the entire world. And I believe this is the day the blinders come off. And I don't mean you're a bad person, but the devil stops convincing you that you don't need Christ because, man, he is the only way to heaven. He is so cool. He saves us and gives us life and gives us freedom and makes us somebody that can walk through life and have life and life more abundantly. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I believe Jesus died. I believe God raised him from the dead. I'm ready to receive him as my Savior. Would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the room, would you help them pray? Simply say this after me. Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent of my sins. And this day, I trust in Jesus, who's the only one that can wash my sins away. Jesus... I believe what the Bible said about you. I receive you as Savior, and I make you Lord of my life. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Connecting Place podcast. For more information about Believer's Church, visit believers.cc.